Good morning. Uh, my name is Kofo. I'm one of the leaders in King's Church. And uh, today we'll be looking at uh, um, um, a topic that I call uh, passion for God's kingdom. Passion for God's kingdom. And in the past two, three weeks, we've been looking at uh, different topics on uh, the kingdom of God. Now today, um, I would like to just take us on a journey uh, for us to look at uh, what the kingdom of God is, what it is not. And again, I want to, to show us why we need to have that passion for God's kingdom. What does that mean practically and how do we go about that? And I'm just praying that the Holy Spirit is going to help us, will open our eyes to see great things great treasure from the Word of God as we look at this together. So if you've got your Bible, it will be good for you to take your Bible or your iPad or it could be on your phone so that we could look at the Word of God together. And if you want to take note, this is also a fantastic time for you to get your pen or your note. And uh, what this will mean is that after the message, you can go back and look at the points you've written down and just check it, and then just reflect on some of those things, meditate on some of those things that you have written down, and it's going to help you. It's going to help every one of us to advance the purpose of the kingdom, passion for God's kingdom. The first thing I really want to say is that the kingdom of God is not an abstract. What does that mean? It does not exist in thought or it does not exist uh, in your dreams, and then you can't touch it. You can't, it's, it's not real. It's not an abstract. The kingdom of God is not an idea that somebody just brought up so that everybody could follow that idea. The kingdom of God is not a theory. It's not a suggestion to explain something that you are not sure of. The kingdom of God is not a theory. The next thing I also want to say about the kingdom, what the kingdom is not, is not, it's not, an absor- it's, it's not an assumption. We're not assuming the kingdom. It's like something is existing without proof. But I want to say, looking at the word of God and looking at the experience that we have when we follow Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God is real. The kingdom of God is not a mirage. The kingdom of God is what we can experience. The kingdom of God is what we can see, what we can observe, what we can touch. The kingdom of God is what we can enter in. The kingdom of God is a lifestyle that we could live in. So if you're a believer, if you have given your life to Jesus, if if, if you are a Christian, if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, willing and every day, wanting to learn more about becoming more like him, the kingdom of God is something that we can enter into. The next thing I also want to talk about is passion. What do we mean by passion? Passion is to have a strong desire. It's to have a strong love for something. It's like the Bible says, you, 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 you hunger for it. You, you, you thirst for it. You know, David said in Psalm 42 verse 1, 
that as the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants after you, O Lord, my God. And if you read Matthew, uh, the, the, the Bible says, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. So when we are talking about passion, it's to hunger for something. It's to long for something. It's to desire something strongly. And it's like you can't do without it. And as Christians, that is what God is calling us into. Now, when you look at the Bible, especially the Gospels, the kingdom, whether the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God or heaven was mentioned about 120 times. Jesus referred to the kingdom about 120 times. But when you look at the Gospels again, Jesus referred to the church almost two or three, two or three times in the Bible, uh, in the Gospels. So what do I mean by this? So the church is not just the four-building wall. The, the, the church is you, is the people of God, who are agents to advance his kingdom. So what's the purpose of the church? The church is an agent of, of, of God. It's like the church is an ambassador. We are all ambassadors of Christ to advance the purpose and to advance the kingdom of God. So what is the kingdom? I would like to divide that word, kingdom, into two. So when you divide kingdom into two, you get king and dome. King and dominion. The king of kings and his domain, his dominion, his rule, his reign, his authority. How he wants things to be done. So when you are looking at the kingdom, you are looking at the king the King of Kings, who is our Lord Jesus Christ. And then you are looking at his rule. You are looking at his reign. You are looking at his domain. You are looking at his dominion. How he wants things to be done. You are looking at his will. That's why when we pray, we say, let your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Let your kingdom come, Lord. So we are saying, let your will as it is done in heaven, let it come down here on earth. So, like I said, the kingdom of God is not an abstract it's not a theory, it's not an assumption, it's not an idea. But the kingdom of God, so, so some people say, how do I find the kingdom of God? How do I find it? I just want to say that when you look at the kingdom, it's not apparent on the surface. That is something about the kingdom. That's why we need to, be, we need to have passion for it. We need to seek for it. We need to desire it. Because it's not apparent on the surface. God is not hiding his kingdom from us. But God is hiding his kingdom for us to discover and to explore. So I'm going to read uh, from Matthew uh, chapter 13. And I'm going to be reading verse uh, 44. Towards the parable of the hidden treasure. I'm just going to read just that one verse because of time. The Bible says in verse 44, Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. I want to concentrate a little bit on that verse 44. 
The Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like, a, is like treasure hidden in a field. Like I said, the kingdom of God is not apparent on the surface. What do we need to do as Christians? We need to be passionate about the kingdom. We need to hunger for it. We need to seek the kingdom. No wonder Jesus himself, when he was telling the disciples, he said, seek ye first. It even appears to me that above every other thing, the first thing we need to be seeking, to be pursuing, to be longing after, is the kingdom. The, 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 the king himself and his dominion, his rule and reign, and how he wants things to be done. So the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the field. And I want to say this, the kingdom of God is treasure. Wow, I don't know how to explain that. That there are wondrous things in the kingdom. There are treasures that money cannot buy. It is worth much more than anything. We cannot quantify the value of the kingdom. Wow, this is amazing. But it's hidden in a field. So we saw this person. We saw this man. The Bible says he found it. It, it meant that, I don't know whether he was walking around. He, was, he did something to find it. And the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. You shall receive. Seek and you shall find. So for us to actually enter into all Everything the kingdom of God has for us, we have to seek for it. We have to ask, whether in prayers, whether in seeking for it, whether in reading our Bibles. I'm not reading my Bible just to preach. No, I'm reading my Bible so as to discover wondrous things in the word of God. And when I pray, I'm praying for the kingdom of God to come here on earth. I'm praying for the treasures of the kingdom, you know, the blessings of the kingdom. How he wants his rule and reign to be here on earth. And we are agents of that kingdom. But we have to find it. That's the next thing. So desire in your heart to find the kingdom of God. To find the treasure in the kingdom of God. But you see, the Bible says when this man found it, he hid it again. He had to hide it. Why? The Bible says, and then in his joy. So, it appears to me as if this man, when he found this treasure, he had to hide it. Why? The treasure brought joy to him that he decided to sell every other thing that he had in order to buy the field. The treasure that he found, the treasure of the kingdom, brings joy, brings blessings upon our lives. Can you imagine that the Bible says we can pray for the sick. If you lay your hands on the sick, they will recover. That if I pray as touching anything here on earth, it shall be done. That we can pray to see lives transformed. We can, we can pray to see souls saved in the kingdom. What more are you looking for? Wow, that's the treasure of the kingdom. So when this guy found it, he discovered that every other thing he had does not worth in pursuing every other, uh, all those other things. What do I want to say? We cannot pursue the kingdom of God and any other thing. We have to leave every other thing in order to pursue the purpose of the kingdom. So when you read people, whether in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, they left all in order to possess the kingdom. That was what this guy did. 
So when you read about Abraham, the Bible says he left his kindred. He left his place to a place where God had to show him. He obeyed God fully. He left all. When you read about Elijah, the same thing too. He sold all the things he had. He sold his agricultural company. When you read that in the Bible, to follow God. And when you read the disciples of Jesus, they said they've left all in order to follow Jesus. So what do I want to say? We cannot serve two masters. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So to pursue the purpose of the kingdom of God, to pursue the kingdom of God, you cannot be pursuing the kingdom and pursuing every other thing. But when you pursue the kingdom, every other thing will be added unto you. That is the mystery of the kingdom. I, I, I love that. So when Paul, let me read something in, in, in Philipp, uh, Philippians. Paul said something about this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. Let us see his attitude. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. So when Paul came to this point of discovering the treasure in the kingdom, the Bible says, What more? I consider everything a loss. Everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. That's the King Jesus, my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. So to gain Christ, you have to leave every other thing in order to pursue this kingdom. That's what it means to be passionate, to have passion for the kingdom. But when you pursue this kingdom, when you seek this kingdom first, every other thing will be added unto you. Let me just finish with the story of the guy we were looking at who found this treasure in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44. But you know one thing this guy did? He didn't buy the treasure. If you look at that verse 44 intently. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. He didn't buy the treasure, he bought the field. What does that mean? Many people want the treasure, but they don't want to buy the field. What, what does that field mean to me? So what it means is that to gain the treasure of the kingdom, you've got to buy the field of sacrifice. You've got to buy the field of commitment. You've got to buy the field of faithfulness. You've got to buy the field of following Jesus, of learning from him, of being humble, of seeking him. And this is what the Holy Spirit can help us to do. We don't need to do this in our power or by our might. The Holy Spirit, that's why we need to ask the Holy Spirit, show me Jesus, empower me, comfort me, lead me, show me more about this king. And I want to live in that realm of the kingdom of God. No wonder the Bible says, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That is the kingdom of God. So it's what the Holy Spirit can do. Let me just round this up. By just, uh, I'm sure we all know the story of uh, David and Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 16 um, and chapter 17. Uh, uh, you, you see, David was a king, but he was also reigning in Israel in those days. The king and his dominion. But something happened uh, when Goliath came 
to defy the people of Israel and to defy their king. He was, he was abusing the people of Israel and he was abusing the Lord God Almighty. But look at this small boy. God was with him. Something rose up from his bosom. There was something he just said, I can't tolerate this. This is not the will of God. What can I do to bring the will of God, to bring the reign and the rule of God here? And while every other person ran away, even including Saul, the king, David said, I've come to you in the name of this king and with the resources from the kingdom. And that was how David defeated Goliath. You know what he was saying? He was saying, I'm going to bring the will of God down here because he's my king, he's my Lord. And we should be thinking about that. How are you going to advance the kingdom of God in your workplace? With your children, with your wife, with your husband, in your community. Just think, the next day you go to the office, or when you have a meeting on Zoom or online, whatever, I don't know, you know, because of the coronavirus, a lot of things have changed now. Be thinking of what can you say in your meeting that will bring the kingdom of God, the purpose of the kingdom, that will bring peace, that will bring love, that will bring kindness. We can do it, my friend. God is with us. God is for us. Let's be passionate about the kingdom. Let's seek the kingdom of God first. You know, <laughs> it is not possible for darkness to reign where there is light. It is not possible for darkness to reign where there is light. And we are the agents of that light. You know, the Bible says we are the light of the world. So go out and be thinking, what can I do to advance the purpose of the kingdom of God here on earth? Lord Jesus, we love you. Lord Jesus, thank you because you are for us. Thank you because you want us to seek you hmm. and your kingdom first and your righteousness. And you said every other thing will be added unto us. But we have to leave everything behind in order to follow you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us to see the treasure that we have in this field. And Holy Spirit, help us to be committed. Help us to be faithful to you in following you, in being humble, in obeying you. Help us to be like David, that where we see unrighteousness, where we see darkness, we are going to act to advance your kingdom. Knowing that you are with us, we are not powerless people. You said we shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. We are people of power. We are people of destiny. You, we, we are the people you have commissioned to change this world. No wonder you said we are the light and we are the salt of the world. Lord God, we take that responsibility. It's a responsibility. Thank you for your grace. Give us more grace, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <music>